0: when it gets to good customer experience, consistency. This means fulfilling the basic promise made to the customer every time, regardless of the location or the size of the order. And from our understanding and from our studies, we know that customers tend to prefer products and services that are of a normal quality, but consistent, over them fancy stuff that can be unpredictable.
1: Hello, my name is Lauren D'Souza, and you're listening to Retain, the Customer Retention Podcast. More and more companies are wanting to focus on retaining customers, but what exactly are the powers of customer retention? And how are companies using it to keep their customers coming back for more? That's what we're here to find out. Today, we're welcoming Khaled Allah onto the podcast. Khaled is the head of experience at Talibat an online food ordering and delivery platform based in the Middle East. As the head of experience, Khaled is responsible for overseeing the user experience design with a focus on enhancing user satisfaction, engagement, and loyalty to improve the overall customer journey and drive business growth. Khaled, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Lauren, for having me. And I'm really honored to be within the same uh, group of amazing guests you already had in your great show (laughs) so far.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm very excited for our conversation today because... You know, it's actually interesting. The last podcast that I just did, I was talking to somebody who was really focused on the boutique fitness industry. And she had a lot of really interesting insights. And it came to me in my head that I realized that there's so many insights you can learn from specific industries and apply them across the board. So with your experience with Talibat and the food and grocery delivery business, I'm excited to talk about user engagement and customer experience because I'm sure there's a lot of unique insights there. And it's an ever-evolving industry. There's so much going on. I'm sure there's lots of things that you've been learning in your time with that role. So I'm definitely excited about our conversation today. But maybe we'll start off by taking it all the way back. And what was your story about getting you into customer experience in the first place?
0: So let me walk you through the series of events that led me to where I am today. So, as a start, I come from a family with a long history in aviation and aeronautics. And I know it has nothing to do with what I'm currently doing. (laughs) Since I was a kid, I've been always passionate about aviation, just as a natural thing. And one thing I always loved about it is the attention to detail. And to be honest with you, it's not very different to how customer experience is managed. And long story short, after completing three years of aeronautical engineering studies, I decided to switch to information technology because I started to get interested in tech and data and e-commerce. And that was not easy for my family to digest or absorb. In the beginning of the 2000s, the offshore and outsourcing industry was growing in Egypt. And I was fortunate enough to start working for Microsoft to support the famous Xbox from Egypt to Europe and the Middle East and Africa. And this uh, put me in the heart of a customer-centric entity and uh, was aiming for the highest customer support and experience standards. And during my time there, it was clear to me that I needed to take good care of customers and replicate what Microsoft was offering in EMEA to our local market in Egypt. Fast forward a few years. In 2013, I worked for Junior Egypt. It was a startup that was tagged as the Amazon of Africa at that time. That was years before Amazon came to the Egyptian market. I was given the opportunity to establish and become the founder of the after-sales department, which turned out to be the gathering point for all the bad experiences customers were facing with our delivery or products or long refund SLAs. And one thing led to another, and I was given the responsibility to manage many departments and teams until I was eventually given the role of heading the customer experience department in 2018. But since I joined Jumia in 2013, regardless of the department I was working in, it was always in our DNA to focus on customer needs and convenience. Therefore, my taking on the actual role in 2018 was built on many customer-centric years.
1: And how long have you been with Talabat for?
0: Almost two years from now, but I've been always a long-time customer with them. So <laughs> I feel that our uh, relationship was even longer than the employment relationship so far. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. So... With your role at Talabat, what do you love about your role? Tell us a little bit more about it. What's your main focus in this role and what do you love about it?
0: I love being part of an entity that serves customers on a daily basis and sometimes even more than once a day. And as a food delivery aggregator, we help thousands of restaurants and shops to expand their businesses without requiring a significant investment. So in other words, we're making lives easier. With our current operations in eight countries in the Middle East and 20 cities across Egypt where I live and come from, I enjoy witnessing the diversity of our customers and how challenging the localization activities can be. It is always interesting to see how tailoring our services to meet the unique needs and preferences of each market can be. And I would like to add as well that my first online transaction ever done was in 1999 on Otlo, which was the old brand for Talabot. And I was only 15 years old, by the way, at that (laughs) time. That's
1: crazy. (laughs) And so what are some of the initiatives that you've implemented with your time at Taliban?
0: So in the food delivery industry, delays can happen for various reasons. And as a tech company, we have the ability to monitor each order in real time. And our local and regional teams worked on a proactive approach to address delayed orders. As a result, we implemented auto compensation for order delays. Not only compensation, but our operations team is notified about the delayed orders in the back end even before the customer reports it, this ensures that our team can follow up on the order even before the customer noticed the delay. This is Incredible. one of the closest uh, initiatives to in my heart. I would like to mention our uh, rain handbook, which we refer to as rain book. And uh, let me give you a little bit of context first. Yeah. It rarely rains here in the middle, but when it does, the streets become messy and the businesses struggle to manage the customer expectations. So we wanted to ensure the consistency in our service, so we took this project before the start of last winter. We managed to publish the first version of the rain book, which outlines all the necessary procedures to be followed before and during and after the rain event. And I don't have to tell you that this project has been a huge success, and customers now rarely experience any service disruption during the rainy days.
1: Wow. And what kind of led that idea to come to fruition?
0: We found that at that time or the rain events, not only businesses know how to deal with it, with the rainy events, also the customers usually tend to stay at home because there is high potential that you will be stuck in traffic. Things will Mm. not be very good over the streets. So at that time, the demand even spikes with the increased demand and with the challenge on the ground. So we had to come up with something really different to tackle these kind of events and to set the customer expectations correctly. So we tell them, hey, if you are worried to deal with businesses as usual, because it's a rainy day, we got you covered, and we are going to make sure that we're going to fulfill your needs as you are expecting. And we don't want you to appreciate, all right, it's a rainy day. I would accept a poor service at that day. No, we have decided that we are even going to provide you with a good service, even on this really challenging day.
1: That is incredible. And I think so important because that in of itself, is customer experience, because you actually care about the customer having a good experience, having a good time, whether it's a good day or a bad day, and being something that is reliable as a brand as well. And so on that topic, obviously, you are well versed in the industry of customer experience. So what do you think are the elements that make up a good customer experience? What are some of the factors that drive a good customer experience?
0: you will always find me obsessed and speaking about that specific element. So this is not an exclusive element, but just the one that I obsessed the most. And I'll give you a great example that you can easily reflect on. So one great example of consistency in customer experience is McDonald's and their famous Big Mac. McDonald's never promised to have the fanciest sandwich ever or nobody could create such a sandwich. However, they did promise a consistent experience every time. And they delivered on that promise. This is because there's a streamlined system for taking orders and preparing food and delivering it to the customer. It's the same in every location, regardless of the time of the day and even of the year. One thing here that when customer experience experts often mention personalization and ease of use and responsiveness as an important element of customer experience, consistency is equally important, if not more so. And achieving the consistency in customer experience is, is really challenging, but it is a vital factor in building a customer loyalty and establishing a strong brand reputation.
1: I think that's so important because consistency, it seems obvious, but if I had to explain to you how to do so, I actually wouldn't know the first thing to say, meaning it doesn't seem so obvious as to how to implement consistency in this. So how have you seen some ways that consistency is implemented, that it works? Like, What does that mean to you?
0: It means everything for me when I deal with the business. So I don't want to see surprises. So if I'm speaking about my mobile carrier, for example, I don't want to have my service good in one area and bad at another. So even if they do everything for personalization, if they do everything for engagement or even for ease of use of their apps or what mm-hmm. their services, no, it will not matter with me because the basic promise that you are giving me is still not consistent. I'm subscribed with you to have a consistent service all around Egypt. So it will not make any sense to me and I will not favor you as a brand if it's not consistent, but you do all the other good stuff to me.
1: Yeah, that's totally fair. Like You can yeah. put all the bells and whistles, but if the foundation isn't there, then obviously exactly. there's a bit of a crack happening in the foundation. Exactly. There. And so Uh, what do you think are some actionable ideas that I guess even like listeners of our podcast can implement? Because even like on this podcast, I'm always with the goal of having some insight or some action that someone can take away from a conversation. And the thing is like customer experience is a hard abstract thing to figure out, in my opinion, like that incredible idea that you shared about having the logistics figured out on the rainy days. I can't imagine that happened overnight. It's not an easy thing to come up with. So do you have any actionable ideas that you could share with the listeners that they could possibly think about to implement within their own businesses under the topic of experience and consistency and things like
0: that? Sure. But as a start, I don't want to glorify the following points as great ideas or so because they are just fundamental and basic elements. But I always encourage the focus and the obsession about the fundamentals each company should build on. And I will give you a couple of examples. Providing responsive customer support through multiple channels is, is essential in today's world and customers expect to be able to reach the business in a variety of ways and it doesn't have to be a trendy channel like chatbots in fact some customers might may not be ready for it but i've been hearing this around the time for chatbots It you need to stop first and to know if your customer is ready for that or not and i will tell you a short story from my previous job at max or max ab and it is the largest b2b e-commerce platform that connects food and grocery retailers To suppliers in the underserved areas in Egypt. Small grocery stores in Egypt are often managed by a single person, almost like everywhere else in the world. And after conducting some field visits and speaking with retailers, we found that they were not happy with the IVR system when they called our support line. And by the way, it was a very simple IVR with only three direct options. But their argument was that it takes their focus away from their business. There is a kid here on that shelf was trying to get a bag of chips. There is a woman speaking to him to get her stuff. And at that time, we were just deploying our WhatsApp support channel. And we, as Egyptians, love WhatsApp voice notes. We decided to use voice note support. Why not? We allowed the retailers to send their requests over voice notes. Then our agent used to listen. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That was true. And our agents used to listen to those voice notes. And they replied to the customers either by texting through the same channel or by calling them back if the case needed a two-way conversation. And this channel became very popular among the retailers for simple inquiries and requests as it saved them the cost of the call as well, which made them even happier. So it was a double win. And to be honest with you, we did that without seeing anyone in the market doing a similar thing. So we just decided that we're going to go ahead. We didn't even know what kind of key performance indicators we need to have. But we just went ahead. They the needed experimenting and it worked well.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes brands overlook that because they don't think about it as part of the whole brand or customer experience. But any interaction with the customer, whether it's the packaging or the person who's delivering or any absolute touch point in that customer journey is so important to have the right things in place there because that's always an opportunity for someone to evaluate your business. And so... Just like the acts of kindness or the training that you do to make sure that all those riders are providing that exceptional experience, I'm sure it goes a really long way. And so, on that note, actually, apart from what you guys work on and things like that with Talibat, do you have any examples that pop up to you in personal brands that you use that have really good customer experiences?
0: During the holy months of Ramadan, the Egyptian market becomes a better ground for brands to celebrate this important month for Egyptians. Usually, Telecos are on the top of this. And last year, last year, not last Ramadan, Ramadan before, Vodafone Egypt had a campaign to say thank you to their longtime customers. And it was done in a very smart way. So on their app, which they call it Anna Vodafone, which means I am Vodafone, they give you that sense of pride. There was a game for each customer to guess how long they have been with them. And to be honest, I have been with them since high school. And I lost count of how many years. And after completing the game, I realized I had been with them for 23 years. They offered me a gift to pick from one of their partners. And it was a box of oriental desserts. We love that during the months of Ramadan. But wow. it did not end there. Luckily, I had an outlet to pick up my gift from just across the street. When I went there and when their partner validated my gift code, he said, thank you. You are one of not too many customers who spent with Vodafone more than 20 years. And then he gave me the box of the top tier customers. And as they had different sizes of boxes for different tiers of customers. And Vodafone even made the distributing partner aware of this. And it was a great customer experience example. So this is one that I always love to mention.
1: That is awesome. And I think really cool too, because a phone provider is not a brand that you consistently think of great customer experience. Like I know here in Canada, it's not great. Like there's a huge monopoly that happens with phone providers and it's a whole thing of like, yeah, it's great when you get your phone, but then when you have an issue with something, then calling them is a whole thing and whatever. But in any general sense, no matter what country you're in, I feel that having a phone provider is not a typical brand you think of for a great product or a great customer experience. So really interesting to hear that. I absolutely love that because also the fact that you've been a customer for 23 years is absolutely insane. That's a great customer lifetime value happening there.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And they pamper us here. So the telecos here in Egypt, they pamper us a lot. So we have Absolutely. to stick Maybe around. Maybe need to come to
1: Egypt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another example I love to mention, just to show you how simple gaining a good customer experience can be. For the example I mentioned earlier, I'm pretty sure that was millions of dollars of investment to reach that. To that. But I'll give you one example. I wasn't actually planning to share it, but it's just to show the listeners how easy and cheap customer experience acts could be. So Mm. at the time when COVID hit, you know how bad things were for people, lost their jobs and so on. For my rental, I had it always on auto transfer for my landlord. And I remember that a couple of months after COVID hit, I was doing something and it seems that I did turn off unintentionally the rental transfer to my landlord. So. After the new month came, and I was revising my financials, and I found out something not adding up because it should be less than this. So I did revise it, and I found out that my rent value did not get transferred to the landlord. So I called him, "Hey, did you get the rental for this month?" He said, "No." I told him, "You didn't notify me or tell me that hey you are overdue." He told me, "Hey uh, Khaled, I know it's COVID time, and many people." was hit bad. I thought that you are hit as well. So I did not want to overstress you with this because I know that you have been always a good customer with me and you have been always delivering on time. You never missed a month. So I told him, but that was a mistake and it's your right to follow up on your rent. He told me, I just assumed that you may be having some hard times and I did not want to stress you over. So at that moment, wow. I decided this is going to be the property I want to buy. If I'm going to keep on renting, this is going to be the guy I'm going to stick around for a long time. So this is a very, very cheap and easy and easy action for a cheap customer experience.
1: That is awesome. I love that. And also, it's a nice reminder that customer experience doesn't have to be something that's so abstract and hard to figure out. It's more so just caring for others, providing a good experience, finding something that will delight and continue to surprise them, which can be very easy and simple to implement within whatever brand someone is working on. So I really like that. And actually, speaking of yeah. customer experience and finding ways to retain customers, obviously you have customer experience and you have customer retention. So we throw these words around a lot in this podcast because everyone has a different perspective on it. Everyone has a different view on it depending on their experience. And so I'm curious to know, in your opinion, what do you think is the relationship between customer experience and customer retention? And how can one help the other?
0: I always say that customer retention is a side effect of good customer experience. So as a positive customer experience, is key to building long-term relationship with customers. It is a simple equation. When customers have good experience with a brand, they will come back for future purposes. They commend the brand to others, and they even become brand advocates. And it is easy to deduce now, what is the result of a bad customer experience? So customer retention is an output result for many input activities. If these inputs are not customer-centric, don't expect customers to stick around for so long. It's very simple.
1: Another thing that is interesting to me about even like this podcast, meeting all these different people and studying the whole industry that is customer experience, what do you think the change will be between the relationship of companies and customer experience strategies? If you were forecasting the future, how do you see the relationship between customer experiences and companies changing in that strategy?
0: I see that the relationship between companies and customer experience strategies will continue to grow and evolve as customers increasingly expecting more personalized experience. I once saw a friend of mine who is not in the customer experience industry confidently say, let me do the search from my phone. The result will be more relevant. So it was really fun to see because it showed how customers are becoming more aware of personalization and mm-hmm. how it enhance their experience. And to be honest with you, I used to be unsure in the beginning few years back whether personalization would make a huge difference for customers or if they would even notice it in their services. However, it really has, and customers are living it. And in the future, it could even become a deal breaker for customers. Another trend that I see continuing in the future is the increasing importance of customer feedback and insights in shaping the customer experience strategies. And as most businesses now are moving towards a digital estate, which means having a physical and digital presence, customers' feedback will be easier to gather and be less biased, especially for offline-based businesses. And companies now are recognizing the value of listening to their customers and incorporating their feedback into their decision-making process.
1: If you are starting a new marketing dream team, who would be your first hire?
0: So it will be the data analyst or the data scientist. It's an easy answer for me. If you come to me every time, I will give you the same answer. So in today's data-driven marketing landscape, it is essential to have someone on the team who can collect and analyze customer data to inform marketing decisions. However, it is not enough for data experts, by the way, to only focus on their area of expertise. It is equally important for them to have a good understanding of all aspects of the business and how things are done. That's why I always encourage data personnel to gain operational knowledge and to shadow with different teams. So this way they can be connected to what can be done and what can't. Their finding and recommendations can be actionable by the organization. It will not be very useful if they identify an opportunity but cannot recommend a solution for it. Therefore, having data experts who are well-rounded and integrated into the business can bring significant benefits to the organization.
1: I love that. That is very smart. And such a good point also based on what you said about forecasting the future because it's rooted in feedback, it's rooted in data, it's rooted in understanding what you can and can't do as a business. So really love that. Yeah. Awesome. Which gaming console has the best marketing strategy and why?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually wondering if you're asking this question because the fact I work for Excel. Of your time at Excel? <laughs> based on the fact that I'm a gamer myself, I will surprise you actually with the answer. And by the way, there is not an easy answer to that question. And uh, I will surprise you and the listeners that I currently believe that Nintendo Switch is doing an excellent job and not because I worked previously for Xbox, but I was thinking about now. So Nintendo had always had a strong band identity and loyal fan base and the Switch has taken that to the next level. Their marketing strategy focuses on the console's adaptability and portability as well and its family-friendly nature. So from my perspective, the best thing Nintendo is doing is their awareness that they are targeting a completely different type of gamer than Xbox and PlayStation 3 gamers. So they focus on the fun factor and aim to bring non-gamers to their content. So this is my point of view, which is completely non-biased, not because I'm a gamer or a serious gamer (laughs) or I worked for Xbox before. That may surprise many people. (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's all. That did surprise me, I will say. Okay, last but not least, in your opinion, what's more important, branding or the product?
0: So it's both. They are important for business success, but ultimately, the product is the most crucial factor. So a good product without strong branding can take your business to a good place, but it will take time to build up a good reputation through World of mouth. because World of mouth, for me works like climbing a mountain and reaching to the top will take you too much time and effort. But if you get there, the word of mouse could start rolling like a snowball and nothing can stop it. And we have been seeing, by the way, this in Egypt lately. We find many businesses suddenly taking the spotlight and we discover that it has been operational already for the past 30 or 40 years. But again, consistency is the key here. And after reaching to this stage, strong branding cannot be compromised. Cannot be compromised at that stage. On the other hand, it's very common mistake for startups to focus heavily on branding and to shape customer perception of a product to make it more appealing without ensuring high-quality product. In the long run, it can be really challenging to achieve sustainable success without a good product. So while branding is important to attract customers initially, it is crucial to have high-quality product that can meet or exceed customer expectations and earn their loyalty over time.
1: I strongly agree with you there because even with the best branding, if your product doesn't have a sound foundation, then... It can really just drop quite quickly. So and also that word of mouth can also work in a negative way as well. So I feel like a good product, even if branding is introduced at a later stage or really focused on later on, like you said, it's just really important to be investing in that product at the first and foremost point there. So definitely agree. Awesome. Is there a piece of marketing or life advice that someone shared with you once that has always stayed with you?
0: So one time I was attending a conference and one of the experts told me that customer experience does not cost. It does actually pay back. And if you see a negative dollar sign beside the customer experience activities, go and revise the equation first before revising the activity.
1: Oh, interesting. And do you have an example of that? I'm curious to know.
0: People usually look at customer experience activities that for an example, the example of Vodafone I was just giving. So they spend too much time and effort and money to make this happen. But the thing here is that if they are going to measure the direct impact immediately, they are just going to find that it is negative. But here is the thing. The equation is still not complete. You did not factor in the customer lifetime value into your equation. You did not factor many the stickiness of the customer. It did not factor the customer advocacy for you. He brought you more customers. So many other inputs do not factor into your equation to get the correct impact of the activity itself. So that explains to the listeners. One last thing I just want to add, because it's really important. One person actually was a good manager of mine a few years back, told me, be kind to all customers because we are all our customers at the end of the day. And we want people to be kind to us.
1: I love that. Really love that. And a very nice reminder to end off this entire podcast. And I think a lot of what you talk about through your examples, through what you work on with Talibat, is all centered in having care for customers, having care for people, being kind to all customers because we are our customers. So I love that. It's a really nice and inspiring and light message to send to the listeners as well. That is really awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Khaled. It was really lovely to have you.
0: Thank you so much. That was my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Retain the Customer Retention Podcast is brought to you by Gameball. To find out how you can turn visitors and occasional buyers into loyal, lifetime customers, head to gameball.com. Make sure to subscribe to Retain the Customer Retention Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you never miss an episode. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next time.